0: y'all say, well? No, I said, can you say, well? <laughs> I have to mess with Terrence High. That's my man. We go back. We go back. <laughs> Amen. Giving honor to God in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. I, like I said in the, in the video there, I'm truly, truly honored to be here today. Amen. Not because of anything that Joe Tindall has done, but, but because of what Jesus Christ has done. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Because it's not one of us sitting here today that's just supposed to be here. Amen. Y'all could have said amen on that too. But but God. But God. Man, uh, you ever notice when you hear yourself on video, you're like, oh, my voice. Oh, oh man, that sounds horrible. <laughs> Ooh. Watch this. Lord, prepare me. To be a sanctuary. Somebody know that, pure and holy, tried and true. And with Thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Y'all, just sing it like you mean it. Come on. So, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. And with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary. For you. Now sing it to heaven, say. And with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Amen. Amen. Let every heart pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus. Daddy, we bow before your throne of mercies this morning, Father, giving you all praise, honor, and glory. Lord, we worship you with all that we know how, Father God. Master, we even bow before your throne of mercies this morning saying, Lord, we believe. Help our unbelief. Father God, if it be a heart in the house tonight and this morning, excuse me, Lord, that, that is just wavering, Lord God, a heart in the house this morning, Lord God, that's just doubting the message of the messenger, Lord God, confirm your holy word, Lord God. Master, we just thank you, Lord God, that you look beyond our faults and you see our needs. Lord God, in the times when our grandparents and and perhaps great-grandparents, Lord God, and our parents have been praying for us, Lord God, and we could have been dead resting in our grave, but you made death behave. So, Daddy, we thank you. In Jesus' name, we thank you. For your holy word, we thank you, Lord God, for salvation. In Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Y'all ready? Y'all y'all a little bit quiet, man. I mean, my man, he can testify. I get loud. I get excited. Hey, man, I like to call myself the Ray Lewis of the pulpit. Come on, somebody. Woo! Don't make me hit that dirty bird. Hey, some of them sitting there right now, Brad, they saying, we ain't having that dude back. (laughs) Hey, hey, that chocolate man is crazy. (laughs) God bless. God bless. Listen, I believe in in laughter. Bless God. I'm a clown. I admit it. That's my mama. She got 15 of us. I'm just one of them. I believe that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I'm not fixing to walk around like I've been sucking on sour grapes when I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Amen? So you can go ahead and let your herd down. Because I'm going to let mine down. And we're going to get into the word. Amen? Listen, put on your Holy Ghost seatbelt because I believe that God has a word in the house. I couldn't even sleep last night being so troubled and stirred. But you know what? I understood where it was coming from, and I said, Satan, the Lord, rebuke you in the name of Jesus, because God has a word in my heart, amen, and I pray that he has a word in your heart this morning. As we get into Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10, the verse number one, we find here that the Apostle Paul was uh, writing to the church in Rome, and, uh, uh, Paul's letter to these Jews were about accepting Jesus Christ, uh, about about accepting Jesus as their Messiah, Lord, and Savior. You know, some people, they want to accept part of Jesus. It doesn't work like that. I'm here to tell you, baby, it don't work like that. You got to get it all. So in verse number one, the Bible says this, and I like to read loud and I like to talk loud because I don't want no Sunday morning nod. Yeah, I'm telling on somebody today. Oh, help me, Jesus. The Bible says this. Y'all can laugh, man. Come on. Help me. Help me preach this word. Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer uh, to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. Church, have you ever, has the Lord ever blessed you so much in such an amazing way that you, you, you couldn't do nothing but cry? You had tears flowing from your eyes and, and your heart, you felt peace. Because you knew that God was in the blessing business, right? And, 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 and he was blessing you so dynamically. But, and, and, and you thought to yourself, in such a dynamic way that you thought to yourself, listen, if only so-and-so could get this, their life would be changed. If, if only the one that I love really understood what Jesus is trying to speak to their heart, their life would be completely changed. Paul wanted to see his people's life changed completely by the gospel not just part of that, not the part that fit their agenda, but all of it. Can y'all hear me now? You see, because see, we we still deal with that in church today. Some people want a part of the gospel, but not all of it. They want the part that fits their agenda, but not all of the gospel. And Paul Paul addressed that with the church. Listen, he went so far as to say in Romans chapter 9, verse number 3, he says, he said, for I could wish that I myself was cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my people, those of my own race. That's how much love he had for the people of God. And that's how much love we should have for the people of God. The Bible goes on to say, and and, and by the way, if y'all see me up here sweating, I'm not sweating because I'm nervous. I'm sweating because I have glands. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and I'm bald and I have nothing to stop the rain.
1: Verse number two (laughs) says,
0: for I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. Watch this. Paul, being a former Pharisee, knew full well about the zeal for zeal of the Jewish people, of the Jewish leaders, right? But after the apostle Paul had a first hand encounter with the Lord Jesus on the road to Damascus, everything in his life changed. Wouldn't y'all agree? According to Scripture. See, Paul realized that his previous zeal for God was not based on knowledge of who Jesus is. And uh, Paul had to forsake religion and come into a sincere and faithful relationship with God through his faith in Christ Jesus. And church, I want to let you know today that a great many of us is riding on religion, not relationship. Ouch. But, but God, listen. Listen. Many churches offer religion, but Christ Jesus offers us a relationship with God. You see, Jews were God's chosen people, but they became proud in (laughs) themselves. I got to pause right here to tell y'all real quick. You know, sometimes when I meet people in and out the church, they're like, I am so-and-so. I'm like, I'm Joe. Well, I have X amount of degrees and X amount of money. Good for you. God bless you. But if God demanded your soul this day, what would that mean for you? Can y'all hear me now? Glory to God. Always give God the glory in the name of Jesus. Listen, if y'all should ever hear me preach or speak and I'm not glorifying God in the name of Jesus, pull me to the side and chastise me. Do what you have to do. Amen? Seriously. And I'm not big on preachers who think they're big on themselves. Amen? Amen. You see, these Jews didn't know who Jesus is because they did not have a first-hand encounter with Jesus. I can always tell a person who had a first-hand encounter with Jesus. I can tell by the joy on their continents. Amen. I can tell by the heart of forgiveness that they had. That's when you know someone's had a first-hand encounter with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, many people today don't know who Jesus is because they haven't had that first-hand encounter with Jesus. These people were trusting in religion and denied, and they denied the relationship with God through the person of Jesus Christ. If your Bible reads like mine. And our zeal for the Lord has to be according to his biblical, according to his holy word. It has to be biblical. It has to be according to God's holy word. Moving on for the sake of time, because I know I get long-winded, and your stomach starts speaking in tongues, and I don't want that. Pray for me. I know mine does. <laughs> the Bible says in verse number 3, it says, Since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own, they did not su- submit to God's righteousness. Watch this, church. Who or what is the righteousness of God? You know the answer. Jesus Christ. Read in 1 Corinthians 1, 30 and 31. Jesus is God's standard of holiness. Wouldn't y'all agree? Amen, church. But see, I read in 2 Corinthians 5 and 21, a very familiar verse of Scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, the Bible said this. It said, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him, in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. Somebody should have said hallelujah. Somebody should have said amen because that's good news. That's the way. The only way. Our God imputed his righteousness in our lives when we repent, trust, and obey the gospel of salvation, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In other words, God places us back in right standing with himself through faith in Jesus. And that's when the scripture, when it was talking about, amen, uh, uh, since we did not uh, Oh, excuse me. It says, since they did not know the righteousness of God, they sought to establish their own. You got a great many of churches, and a great many of folks that claim to be on Christ's side that's trying to establish their own righteousness. We see it every day. We hear about it every day. Scripture goes on to read, it says, Christ is the culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. I thank you, Jesus, for that. Because listen, we are not under the Old Testament law, but it serves as an example to us of God's standard, power, and authority. Amen? In Romans 6 and 7, it tells us that we're not under the Old Testament law. But when we receive salvation, we are under the New Testament law. Listen what the Scripture said in John 1.17. The Bible said this. It says, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Our righteousness comes from Christ Jesus, not our own self. So we can't just go around trying to establish our own righteousness because the scripture says that's just filthy rags to God. And it's not by works, but by faith through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Wouldn't you all agree? Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Moses writes this about the righteousness that is by the law. The person who does these things will live by them. Pretty simple, right? The person who does these things will live by them. Will that mean that you'll never sin? No, God knew that. Amen? Your soul may be saved, but this flesh didn't get saved, did it? (laughs) Come on, somebody, read the scripture. (laughs) Amen. You see, under the law, righteousness was, uh, was by works. Under the law, righteousness was by works keeping and upholding all of the law. And I know I can't uphold all the law, and I can't think of a man or woman who could, but Jesus. Amen? That's why he had to be the propitiation for our sins, because he's the only one that could uphold and fulfill all that the law required. Today's salvation is freely granted when we sincerely trust and fully obey what Jesus has done for us. Isn't that wonderful to know, church? That when you come to Jesus, amen, he hands you a receipt that says your bill has been paid. Glory to God. We can read about that in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. It says, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so no man can boast. Women, too, don't think you left out of it. Amen. Jesus covered it all. Jesus fulfilled all that the law required. Verse number six, moving on, the Bible says, but the righteousness that is by faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the deep that is to bring Christ up from the dead. Watch this. Faith speaks, just in case you're taking notes, because I know I talk fast. I'm not an auctioneer, but you know. Bless God. Faith speaks. You see, God is looking at the heart of man. You want to know how I know? Because I read it in the book of Samuel, and I believed it in my heart. When God sent the prophet to anoint one of Jesse's boys that happened to be out in the field because they didn't think he should be there. His name was David. You ever heard about him? Amen. God judges the heart. Faith is not saying that you can bring Christ down from heaven or bring Christ up from the dead. True faith is saying the hope of my salvation resides solely in the finished work of Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection. Amen, church? That's genuine faith right there. It's not trusting in yourself. I tell people all the time, and I I don't hold them up, don't put your faith in me. Amen? Put your faith in Jesus. You know, oftentimes I thank God for the messenger but my faith is in Christ Jesus. Amen? That's who impresses me. That's who amazes me. I hear people say all the time, I am just so amazed. I'm looking like if Jesus wasn't in it, I'm not amazed. You did good. You're talented. Here's a ribbon. Here's a medal. Everybody gets one. Amen? But my faith is in Jesus Christ. Bless God. Verse number 8 goes on to say, it says, But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we, concerning the faith that we proclaim. If you declare, in some translations, King James Version says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will or you shall be saved. That's what the word said. Amen? Amen. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess or confess your faith and are saved. Look at God. See, some preachers and some people like to complicate this. They like to put yokes on people's necks and shoulders. But, that's, but, but God, doesn't, God doesn't want that for us. He doesn't want us to be burdened down. He just wants us to come by faith in Christ Jesus. Isn't that what the Scripture said? That if you believe, look, church, there is something that has to come from our mouth. It doesn't start in our mouth, but it has to come from our mouth. A declaration or a confession. That means that we come into an agreement with God about who Jesus is. Come on, somebody. That when we declare or confess Christ Jesus with our mouth and believe in our heart that he is the only begotten son of God, that God raised him from the dead, when we make that declaration of confession, amen, it starts in the soul and it comes out the mouth. Can you hear me now? This ain't no phone commercial, but can you hear me now? Amen. Somebody say, man, that dude got some crazy eyes. Yes, I do. How you like me now? Amen. Y'all going to loosen up in a minute here. <laughs> Get that little Rodney Dangerfield. There you go. Amen. Help me, Holy Ghost. Listen. <laughs> Watch this. And, 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 and remember this if you can, please. Faith is the root. Confession is the fruit. Ah, I got you, didn't I? Faith is the root and confession is the fruit. Can somebody say amen? This means that as born-again believers, our, our words and actions in our life should line up with the word and the will of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Faith is the root and confession is the fruit. Many people can offer God lip service and their heart be far from him. Even as you hear the word of God being preached right now, there's a great many may be sitting here today or may be online that know in their heart of hearts, you, you've been offering God lip service and your heart has been far from him. Now, I don't want to step on no toes. You can pick your feet up. You got to do what you got to do. I understand. Amen. But best believe I wouldn't dare preach this message to somebody that God didn't deal with me first. Can you hear me, church? And when I realized that faith is the root and confession is the fruit and Jesus Christ is Lord, God began to change things in my life. Each and every day, he's steady stripping things away. And each and every day, he should be steady stripping things away in your life. Amen? Listen. Listen when we repent and turn from our evil and wicked ways and sincerely accept Christ Jesus, a sanctification process will take place in our lives. Sanctification, its a good churchy word, right? What does it mean, Pastor? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's a process of maturing in Christ Jesus. It's a, it's a, it's a process of being set apart by God for his will and for his purpose. And in that being set apart by God to be used by God, you should be maturing in the things of God in Christ Jesus. So those hangups that you once had at age fifteen, age twenty-five, age thirty-five, age sixty-five, shouldn't continue to trip you up. Can church say Amen? Because God is sanctifying our heart through the washing of His Word. Faith comes from the hearts. Of believers that trust in the blood atonement of Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection. You see, people have watered down the gospel so much that they are content with having shallow converts instead of sincere believers. Woo! Somebody should say, well, they have watered down the gospel so much. And the Bible tells us that in the last days, you know, we're going to witness these things. That churches are content with heaven's shallow converts instead of sincere believers. Somebody should have said, Lord, don't let it be me. Lord, don't let it be me. Genuine faith in Jesus is not an intellectual or a mind confession or declaration, but it is a true heart circumcision change, a true heart circumcision confession, a true heart circumcision agreement with God of who Jesus is. Is that good news, church? Glory to God. Help me preach this thing today. Verse number 11. And I know we got a lot to get through, and that's why I'm moving the way I am. Y'all pray my strength in the Lord. Verse number 11, the Bible says this. As the scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Somebody need to hear this this morning. Anyone that believes in Jesus will never be put to shame. Listen, this doesn't mean that as a Christian, we won't have trouble in our life. But to me, it means we shouldn't let trouble have us. Come on, somebody. You might be sitting there right now going through a storm in life. Because there's one thing for sure. Either you're entering into a storm of life, you're in a storm of life, or you're coming out of a storm of life. Amen? So this scripture says, it's telling us that we won't have trouble in our lives. But we shouldn't allow trouble to hell us if Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. Amen? Jesus even knew that because he said it in John 16, The scripture says this. It says, I have told you these things so that in me, in Jesus, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. He said it right there. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Thank you, Jesus. That, yes, we're going to have troubles. Sometimes the, love, the ones that we love is going to walk away and never come back. Sometimes there's going to be situations that happen in life and they can't come back. You're going to have troubles in life, church. Amen? But Jesus said, take heart, for I have overcome the world. Verse number 12, the Bible says, for there is no difference between a Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all, And richly blesses all who call on him. That's good to know. That's great to know. Because, you know, when people, when troubles hit folks' life, the first thing they want to do is jump on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Twitter, whatever. And they want to just put all their business online. And then some dummy jumps on there and puts you on blast and you're crying even more. If if your Bible reads like mine, it said you should have called on Jesus. Instead of those nosy folks that's waiting to put you on blast. Oh, but not none of y'all. None of y'all. Y'all saints and holy in there. Hello. Hello. Y'all pray for me. You know God's not through with me yet. Amen. 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 Man, come on. Y'all help me. Help me. Help me, Holy Ghost. Amen. Listen. God is no respecter of person. He is not bound by time, space, race, finance, age, and gender. Amen? The same salvation that God offered the Jews and the Apostle Paul, God offers us today through faith in Christ Jesus. That's who we need to call on, church. Amen? When the bills are high and the money is low, call on Jesus. Amen? When your children don't want to act right and you want to knock them upside their head, call on Jesus. Oh, I'm a real preacher. I'm not one of these oh, uh, <laughs> just smiling Joe. No, no, no. My mama had 15 of us. Remember that? <laughs> she would whoop us and did tell Jesus she did it. <laughs> oh, and she gonna see this. I know my mama see it every time I preach. I don't know how, but by God. <laughs> Brad, you know I want to come back someday. <laughs> Jason. Hey, man, y'all, I love you to life. Listen, in verse number 14, the Bible says this. How can they call on the one who they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news? What is the scripture talking about? Here, the Apostle Paul rightly acknowledges that, all, that it all goes back to the preaching of the gospel. That's what that scripture is talking about. Watch this. A preacher or a believer, and I say that like that because some folks have it in their mind, oh, it's not my job to go minister to them. It's Brad's job. No, baby. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Amen? Are you trusting in him and him alone for your salvation? Then it's your job, too. So how can they believe, amen, if they never heard the word preached? Listen, a preacher or a believer has to be sent by God. Now, I will agree with that 100% because the Scripture says that. You know, you got some folks, I'm just a little rabbit, little squirrel, right? Because I'm good at that, right, babe? Squirrel. (laughs) Some folks will be like at work and they're, they're like, oh, I try to minister to Sally during lunch all the time, and she just makes me so angry. I'm looking at you like, God didn't tell you to talk to Sally. You went and chose to do that on your own. That's why you're sitting up there angry. Amen? I just don't understand it. My child just won't listen to me. Well, are you hearing from God? Hmm. Because, listen, if you're not hearing from the Lord, amen, if you're not in tune with the things and the word and the will of God in Christ Jesus, no one's going to listen to you. You're going to find yourself fighting actually against God and not not even really know it. But if God sends you, amen, he backs his word. Glory to God. God backs his word. A preacher or believer has to be willing to preach the gospel truth. Y'all remember a story about a man named Stephen in the Bible, in the book of Acts, that he stood up before the Sanhedrin, and he told them, he preached the gospel to them, and they stoned him to death. And the person holding the coat of the people who were stoning Stephen was a man who wrote this by the power of the Holy Spirit, penned this scripture right here. A man named Saul that Jesus changed to Paul. Look at God. God confirms his word. The gospel has to be heard, like Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, and they have to believe in the gospel. The gospel has to be heard, and they have to believe in the gospel in order to be changed. And once again, I'm not saying they have to have an intellectual belief, but they have to have a heart change. Amen? Verse number 16. See, see we're moving right along. We're moving right along. It says, But not all Israel accepted the good news. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our message? Listen to this. Many among them, many among them, excuse me, had not believed Isaiah's report because they did not trust in God's God's word through Isaiah and the other messengers of the gospel. And you know what, church? Many today, even when you feel the Holy Spirit pricking at your heart, Unfortunately, many today will not accept the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's sad. It's a sad commentary to know that many won't accept, even when they feel, sitting there while the blood is running warm in their veins. And you know that the Lord is pricking at your heart today, and many won't accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But in Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, the Bible says this. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the, the message of truth, the gospel of, our, of your salvation. When you believed and, and were marked in him, in Jesus, with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit. Watch this. The Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. That's great news. That's wonderful news. Matter of fact, that's the best news I ever heard. It's to know that God placed his Holy Spirit inside of those of us who believe, amen, until he comes to call us home. That's good news, church. That's great news. 17 says this. Don't y'all fall asleep on me now. Oh, y'all want to see me dance? Is that what it is? No, yeah. They'll never let me come back for real. Check this out. Verse number 17, the Bible says, consequently, faith faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. A true soul winner has to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We already established that. Once again, if that ain't Jesus calling, tell him you'll call him back. Gotcha. Hey, that was perfect timing, right? I love you to life. Don't be mad at me. <laughs> Once again, we can't, we can't water down the gospel, church. We cannot water down the gospel. Verse number 18 says this. I ask, but I ask, did they not hear? Of course they did. Did they not hear? Of course they did. Their voice has gone out into all the earth. Their words until the end of the world. Church, many people reject the word of God because they don't want to be held responsible for the word of God. Many people reject the word of God because they don't want to be held responsible for the word of God. So they will go by trying to redefine what marriage is. Hello. They will try to go by and redefine what a man and a woman is. But yet they will call themselves a believer. Many people reject the word of God because they don't want to be held responsible for the word of God. Do you all understand me? Again, I asked, according to Scripture, did Israel not understand? First, Moses says, I will make you envious about those who are not of a nation. I will make you angry by a nation that has no understanding. What the Apostle Paul was writing here by the power of the Holy Spirit is, he says, those of you who reject the deity, the full deity of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Lord God Almighty, those who are not of the nation, of, of those who are not originally Jews, Jesus will bring them in. All of us Gentiles were brought in because Jesus was originally rejected by God's chosen people. But I want to make it clear to you, church, lest anyone should be offended. God is not through with the Jews yet. He is not finished with them yet. Read about that in the book of Revelation. God is not through with them yet. But praise God in the name of Jesus that he opened the door so that we could come in. Amen? Because if that wasn't the case, I wouldn't even be preaching to you today. And here we go towards the close. In verse number 20. The Bible says this, and Isaiah boldly says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. Isaiah was speaking prophetically about Jesus. He wasn't talking about himself, so therefore we shouldn't talk about ourselves when it comes to trying to encourage somebody in the Lord. We should always point the glory to God in the name of Christ Jesus. In verse number 21, the Bible says this. But concerning Israel, he says, all day long, all day long, I I have held out my hand to a disobedient and obstinate people. Church, that should bring tears in your eyes if you love Jesus. And the reason is because when you get on your phone or you turn on the news all day long, we see Jesus is holding his hand out and he's beckoning us, please come. But you got a great many of folks that will look Jesus dead in his face and just reject him. If you can, will you please stand as we prepare to close? It may be different for y'all, but out of obedience to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, not me, if you can, will you please stand? And as our music prepares to come, And as our prayer response team prepares to come, listen to me, church. I know, I know that I am a sinner saved by grace through faith in Christ Jesus. I believe and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, the only begotten Son of God. I believe and confess that Jesus has come in the flesh and and lives. And he lived a sinless life. And by faith in him, I'm trusting in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection and his Holy Spirit power that came on the day of Pentecost as a foundation of my salvation. But church, are you trusting? I told you about mine. But are you trusting completely and solely in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross? Have you, had the righteousness of God been imputed in your life according to the word of God? Do you know that you know that you know in your soul that you truly are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Because I don't know, I don't care and I don't know what your bank account looks like. I don't care what your pedigree is. Listen, Jesus Christ is Lord. And I don't want to leave this place today just assuming that you're saved. So if you know in your heart of hearts that you haven't yielded your soul and your life to Jesus, please don't let it be said too late. The question is this, church. Are you a fan of Jesus or are you a follower of Jesus? Do you know all of Jesus' stats according to the Bible or are you truly a follower of Jesus? Are you trusting in the Lord Jesus with all your heart and leaning not on your own understanding but on his? Are you a fan of Jesus or a follower of Jesus? Do you have a sincere faith in Christ Jesus? Or are you wavering? Because only you know. But newsflash, God knows too. Let every heart pray. Father, we do thank you in the name of Jesus for your goodness, grace, and mercy. Daddy, we thank you for your holy word. Lord God, we thank you that you looked down through the years, Lord God, and you saw every one of us here today standing in the need of prayer. Lord God, if it be a soul in the house that don't know you and the pardon of their sins, Father God, please touch their heart, prick their heart, Holy Spirit, please, sir, that they will come running saying, what must I do to be saved? Father God, I I thank you for your word personally. I thank you, Lord God, how you changed my life, Lord God. and, And Master, I pray, Lord God, that you be glorified. You be glorified, Lord God. I know your children standing here today pray the same prayer, Lord God, that you be glorified, that you be seen. Daddy, we thank you for your holy word, and we give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. In Jesus' name, and the church said, amen. Amen. Tis
1: so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know the saith the Lord Jesus, Jesus, how I Trust Him. How I've proved Him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. Oh, for grace to trust Him more. i